on this episode of In The Rack Podcast. So I would eat a whole block of tofu a day, right? And I still wasn't able to put on muscle and nothing against, and that's, I know that's the stipulation or whatever. You can't get enough protein on a vegan. I swear I could not get enough protein on a vegan diet. And I've ran into that problem, you know, and I know everybody says, oh, Welcome to In The Rack Podcast, where we provide you with a practical framework for breaking PRs in all facets of health and wellness. We are just a couple of bros giving you the simple hows in a world of complex wants. No filters, no scripts, no rules, just straight talk. Talk to them. Now, let's get into the rack with your hosts, Dr. Chad and Dr. Nick. Oh, that worked. Yeah, it just blew on it. Dude, it, sometimes it had nothing to do with me turning it off and turning it back on it's again. All about, it's all about how you blow it. You know? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'll take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> so, you ready? Okay. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In The Rack Podcast. We have a great episode today. It is not only myself, but my co-host and fellow physical therapist, Nick, but we also have a uh, guy by the name of Brad Plunkett. Plunkett, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah. I always have to ask because sometimes okay. I mess up the last name. That's okay. I know Brad. Not related well. to Jim, unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Brad, we've known Brad for probably what, it's four been, years, Brad? I don't know, it's 2021, 20, I want to say. Three, so years, three years. Yeah, probably, three years. Three years. Yeah. Sometime in COVID. Yeah, so yeah. We, yeah. we met Brad when uh, he was working for an F45 and he came over here and did some um, some training with us and all that, and we had a blast. And you know, he's had a lot of changes in the past three years, which we're definitely going to talk about today for sure. But um, Brad has not only worked for an F forty five, but he's made like transitions in terms of his diet. He's made transition in terms of where he works. Um, he's not only not a trainer at F45 anymore, but he actually just started his own business. So I want to talk about that with you a little bit too, because that's that's really, really cool to hear. Um, before we kind of like jump into there though, like uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Brad? Just kind of like tell us where, where you're from, like how you got started, all that other stuff. Okay. Uh, yep. So I was actually born in Salem, Massachusetts. So Massachusetts is actually my hometown as much as I've tried to leave Massachusetts because yeah. of the weather, because the lovely weather we have here in the winter, <laughs> I always end up back here. Everybody says you get brought back to uh, brought back to home. So uh, from uh, born in Salem, Mass, uh, lived in New Hampshire for a while, lived in Connecticut, um, and played sports in high school. I went to high school in Connecticut, or I went to middle school in Connecticut, and then uh, high school in Connecticut, moved to New Hampshire um, in 2004, uh, played um, I played basketball, played a little bit of football. Football wasn't necessarily for me, just how rough it was. Uh, I got into personal training. Uh, I got into fitness when I was 14. I think everybody grew up watching wrestling, oh, right? Sure. When we were young, right? Like, uh, the, my generation was the rock, you know, the rock and, uh, watching him on TV and, uh, seeing how popular he was. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to look like the rock. Right. So that was why I started working out. I started working out uh, when I was 14. My dad wouldn't let me work out when I was young. He's like, you got to wait a couple more years. You know, you got to wait a little bit. And then my dad and my brother stopped working out in the basement, the weeder bench, right? Got oh, yes. Yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. You know, I started watching wrestling. I'm like, I'm putting the weeder bench in my room and I'm just going to start, you know, working out. My mom bought me a little Salvation Army book and uh, started working out. People started noticing in school. You know how when you have a gym class and you have that one couple weeks where you weight training, uh, everybody's benching the bar, right? Everybody's kind of doing the bar, and then so 
people that are a little bit stronger put a 25 pound on and then i'm like i did the 25 pound i'm like i want a 45 on each side and i'm 14 at the time right i'm like i'm going for it. i'm in front of the whole class yeah. you know i'm like i'm 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 going for it so uh, i'm 14 years old and i put up i think maybe one or two reps with 135 and i shocked everybody you know and i didn't know it but like thinking now till back then that was kind of the pivotal moment in my life where I realized I could have an impact on people through fitness, you know, and I didn't, I didn't realize that until just recently, you know, kind of reflecting back and thinking about what I was going to talk about in this podcast. And, uh, and that kind of changed my perspective on how I took care of myself for the rest of my life. And for now to the rest of my life, uh, I got into, I went to a personal training school. I went to the national personal training Institute after high school. Um, I, I, I did, I always tell my clients I did great in gym class, but math and all those other subjects, you know, but I was great in gym. Wait, wait, hold you on. Know? Were you, were you in the generation where they had the, um, what were the, uh, presidential, presidential fitness, yes. presidential fitness yeah, awards? Yeah. Yep. I don't remember what I got on the presidential fitness awards, but I remember the tick tock with the push-ups. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you have to go to the push-ups. And yes. I just remember, I want to keep doing more, Yes, you know, and I, uh, then you had to do the toe touch, uh, the sit and reach, uh, sit and reach. That was the one I never did get on. Yeah, the sit and never reach. Never did get on it. Yep. I wasn't, I wasn't the greatest at the sit and reach. I'm trying to work <laughs> on my flexibility. Uh, but, but anyway, so, um, I remember I had taken so many courses in high school because I didn't like to have study hall. I didn't like to sit. I just, you know, I hated sitting for three, four hours all day. And they're like, well, you can take weight training. You can take shop class. So I took all these courses. And by the end of my high school, they said, you can graduate early if you want. And I go, what do you mean? I can get out of here in January. So I go, you know, I got to do something. So I went to personal training school. I went to a four month, 500 hour course down in uh, Florida called the National Personal Training Institute. So it was very hands-on. You know, I was working with other personal trainers and having to train classmates versus a lot of certifications now are online and nothing against online certifications. But I think that going down there and having that four month certification where I was learning, you know, from other personal trainers and, you know, they, I was very practical. So I had to be on the floor. Um, here I am, 18 years old. I had to be on the floor training my classmate while another trainer is there with a the clipboard, making sure that I'm not spotting somebody when they're pressing at the elbows, I'm grabbing their wrist. You know, like little details yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, you know, and uh, that really kind of propelled me to realize that, you know what, I passed that. I was like, I can do this, you know. Um, then when it came to training, I kind of got out of training for a little bit. I moved uh, I moved around, you know, uh, my, parent, my parents went through a uh, divorce and uh, that kind of really just spiraled me down and not necessarily hanging out with the greatest group of people. And uh, I had um, moved, I had moved around a lot. And uh, it was one of those things where I uh, was still into fitness, but I wasn't working in fitness anymore. My brother owns a restaurant in New Hampshire. So I started working for him. I got into the restaurant business and I took kind of a hiatus from, from training clients. And I was just more focusing on making money and surviving for a while. So I didn't think that I was going to, you know, get back into fitness. You know, I didn't know how long it was going to take. I didn't necessarily think that it was going to happen for me again, just because of the course, uh, the, the course my life was starting to go. And I tried to think that if I moved away from the problems that I was having, that things would get better. Right. So I moved, like I was telling you, I moved to Key West, right. I went to Key West. I lived down there for two years with my girlfriend, moved back. Um, a uh, quick touch on a uh, kind of, if I'm all over the place right now, a quick touch, I, uh, about 10 years ago, it's almost been uh 10 years since I stopped drinking. So I stopped drinking in 2014 and, uh, you know, I stopped drinking, uh, and my girlfriend at the time, she was still into partying. We were super young. I was 24. She was 22 or 23. And I got into the gym, right? So I have, you know, that 
one addiction I had and I was like, I got to replace it with a healthy addiction. So I got back into the gym. So I train every day, you know, I was still working in the restaurant business. Everybody was like, why are you, why are you, uh, why are you go to the gym all the time? Why don't you come hang out and have a beer with us? They're like, you're not going to last long. You're going to, you know, you're going to eventually start drinking again. And I'm like, no, nope, go to the gym, go to the gym, go to the gym. And I actually started working out at Vanguard key clubs when I first stopped drinking. And that was the gym I started working out at 24 hours. So I would get out of work nine o'clock at night. And instead of going to the bar or going out with people, I would go to the gym and work out. Right. And that was what I got into. And, um, I got obsessed with it again, kind of like when I had first started working out when I was 14. You know, I still wasn't watching wrestling at that time. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I kind of, that wrestling was It would have been okay life. if you did, though. I yeah, mean, exactly. There's a lot of people that do yeah, that. I know, yeah. nothing against that. Nothing. I try to watch it now, and it's just not the it's same, It's not the same, man. Man. It's not the same. It's not so, the same. But anyway, so I got back into the gym, and um, my girlfriend at the time, she was still kind of into partying and stuff, so she, we uh, went our separate ways, and um, I was just focusing on the gym, my health, and uh, I kind of jumped from relationship to relationship, moved around, lived in Nashville for a little bit before I met you guys. I moved to, um, was living in Nashville, then I moved back to Nashville and kind of fast forward to now, uh, when I moved back from Nashville from the second time in 2022, I thought, I, I thought that was like, I thought my fitness career was done. I had moved back home. I'd taken so many chances. I'd hurt my shoulder. Um, I fell off my motorcycle and I don't have a motorcycle anymore, but I fell off the motorcycle, had a grade four AC joint separation in Nashville. Uh, the surgeon came in, he was like 95% chance you need surgery. And I'm thinking like, I can't work out. I can't be a personal trainer. Like if my shoulder's not working, I'm, I'm done, you know? And I watched a lot of motivational stories, uh, po posted, uh, you can check out, um, YouTube. I have like a lot of stuff there for my grade four AC joint separation from my YouTube to help. I wanted to use it to inspire people to realize that they, if they have a similar injury like this or something that they can get back to being in shape, but it's just going to take a lot of time. So I, I thought that, you know, after that and moving back home and failing in QS, failing in Nashville twice, you know, and just going through all this stuff, I thought that my fitness career was over and I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I was really upset and really emotional. And, you know, I had been through all these uh, relationships, my relationships were running and I couldn't keep, you know, a partner or, or a relationship. I couldn't keep a job. And at that time I was like, man, like, what am I going to do now? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I'll be 35 in April and I was 33 at the time. And I'm like, you know, and you don't like to think about it, but like, you know, when you hit that point, you're like, wow, I'm almost at the halfway point. You know, I'm at <laughs> halftime. I'm down 28 to three here. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like I need that, that Brady talk where it's like laser focus, laser focus. And, you know, and I, that's what I started to do. I, you know, I just got laser focus. I started applying jobs on Indeed. I got a trainer job at a, a local private studio in Epping. And I started working for my brother's restaurant just to make income. Right. So I started making money and then I got the training job and I eventually decided to leave the restaurant and do training full time. So I'm doing training full time, loving it. You know, I'm, I'm changing people's lives again. I'm, I'm in it to why I got in it in the first place. Because when I started working out when I was 14 and people started noticing, it made me confident, it made me feel better about myself. You know, and I started to see that people started to realize me that, wow, like Brad's, you know, Brad takes care of himself. You know, he, he's always confident, he's positive, you know, and, and that reflects around people. It's like a ripple effect. You know, you throw a, you throw a, a rock in the, uh, in the ocean or whatever it has that ripple effect. And that was what I had started to notice I was having again on people when I was training again. And it was like, you know, you get that thing, you know, you're back, 
you know, and you get that thing, you're like, I'm back, I got this, you know, I'm, I'm benching the, the 225 again after you have a shoulder <laughs> injury or I'm putting up the 100-pound dumbbells. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you get that, you know, you get that blood flow and the adrenaline's going. I'm like, wow, I'm back. I, I didn't think I would be here. And then fast forward to, to now, you know, I was training 40 to 50 hours a week, loving it, but I'm, I'm at the studio 12 hours a day and, you know, training six days a week, you know, so I'm, I'm in it for the clients. I'm not even focusing on how much money I'm making or how many hours I'm putting in. I'm focusing on, you know, um, my client had reconstructive knee surgery. So I got to figure out what I can do with her to get her walking back up the stairs to make sure that she's confident again, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> cause when she comes to me and she goes, Oh, you want to know what? I was able to walk up with the groceries up the stairs or get out of the car. And it's those little things like that that make me realize like, wow, like I'm important, you know, like I have a purpose here, you know, and versus just like walk, going to a job and just focus on making a paycheck, you know, and being like, yeah, all right, I make great money, but what am I really doing with my life? You know, is this, do I have a purpose here? Is this something that, you know, I can see that I can, if I have kids one day, you know, I can have show them like, Hey, dad's important. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <clears throat> kind of like that, getting a little emotional about that. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, it, you know, I was back into training and my current girlfriend, uh, I met her, love her to death. She's been nothing but great in my life. And, um, she's like, you know, we're sitting down and I'm telling her, Oh, you know, she's like, you're always so tired. You're, you're training all the time. You know, you're, yeah, I know you love what you do, but like, can you do this for the rest of your life? And I go, why did you have to say that? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, here I am. I'm the rock. I'm yeah. in the ring again. Yes, you know, yes. I'm, I'm bench pressing. My shoulder's good. You know, I'm feeling good about myself again. I'm training my clients. They're having success. You know, I'm making enough money to, to put food in my fridge and put gas in my car. Like I'm comfortable, you know, I'm comfortable. And then she throws the the you know the, little jab your little jab she's like but yeah. can you train for 50 hours a week in your 50 40s 50s and beyond and i go i, go, I want to be like tom brady here i gotta be so good. i was like i want to be tom i was like maybe i can just move to tampa bay here yeah. you know and and do it you know in the sun yeah, in my 60s yeah. i'll train you know and but but i'm like you want to know what you're right and she's like have you ever thought about going into business for yourself and i go no I go, never have I ever, ever thought about that because just the way the world is right now. And we, I won't touch on that, but everybody knows I'm not going to talk about that, how crazy things are. And, um, but I'm like, like, I just moved back home. I've been at that point a little over a year. You know, like I said, I moved in with my family and it was just like, you know, I'm staying afloat right now, you know, and I like where I'm at and I don't want to sink again. I've sank, I sank in Key West. I sank in Nashville twice. You know, I sank when I, fell off my motorcycle and get that sinking feeling in your stomach where you're like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, I can't do this, you know? And, uh, so, you know, I found a business mentor and, uh, I just kind of, you know, kind of took a shot and I had thought about all those failures. Like we had talked about, it's like, you want to know what? I failed so many times in my life. You know, I've taken so many risks. I went to Key West. I went to Nashville. I failed, but I'm still alive. I'm still here. I said, what's stopping me from doing this and being like, if I fail, like it's not won't ever be as bad as what I've failed at in my life previously. So why not just try it? What could go wrong versus, you know, like you said, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, but what could go right? You know, I started to try to think positively about what could go right about, you know, things could get better. You know, and I just have to take, you never know if you don't take the risk. It's like Wayne Gretzky said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. take. Yeah. You know? and I'll, I'll be honest. Like when, when you start your own business too, you get to the point where you're going to have a mindset shift, right? Like 
being a trainer that's working for somebody else 50, 60 hours a week yeah. is a different mindset than being a trainer that's training people and having to own a business at the same time. You know, yeah. you're going to look at failures differently, right? Exactly. So for example, like a failure for you, you might be like, man, I didn't get that result that I wanted for that person, mm -hmm. right? Instead of looking at it as a failure, you look at it as a lesson and be like, all right, what could I have done better with that person? Yep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and same goes for everybody. Like you don't have to own a business to have that type of mindset, but yeah, I feel yeah. like it, it becomes part of you to, to change that that way about yourself because if you're not taking that mindset shift and and turning failures into lessons then you're not learning anything exactly. you're just i'm a big failure yeah, yeah <laughs> you know what i mean exactly. you and you can't grow from that right yep um so i think everybody kind of needs to take a piece from that um but i also want to talk about you mentioned when you were in was it, you were 14 when you started lifting you were like man i felt so much confident about myself and it is contagious it's super contagious and i would say that even now, as you start to do that and you have people that are becoming motivated by what you're doing, like mm. all, all of us are motivated by each other, right? Like, exactly. You know, you motivate me, man. Yeah, thank you, yeah, man. Yeah, I appreciate you motivate that. Me, man. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, <laughs> Nick does listen, too, I, though. Nick does super. Yeah. Nick's, Nick's showing me. Nick's showing me. Extra. You're only saying that because he's sitting. No, there. no, but Nick's showing me. No, like last <laughs> week. Fine, guys. Written, no, I'm no, just when Nick was working on my hamstring, he's showing, he's showing me, like, you got to be more explosive. Oh, totally. You know, and things like that. And I'm like, wow, I wish I could have watched Nick play basketball when you you know i wasn't um, that explosive i know i know but but man you're like it's just cool because it's cool because you guys have both like obviously you know you're you're athletic you know you have an athletic yeah, yeah, background totally. and then you, totally. you know you're strength into strength training right. and things That's like right. that That's so right. it's like you know for me when i train now i try to take that like with the ppsc course with john russell i try to take that and, and kind of mold that into what i do i try to have that athletic training but also have that strength training too right. as well yeah and, and what i was like to kind of go back on that a little bit, when you say it's contagious, like you're now not only creating a culture for yourself, but you're creating a culture for everybody around you, right? So like here, like our culture is like everybody practices what they preach, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah. And like we are all a testament to what we do. Like, yes, I'm big into like bodybuilding and strength training. Nick loves his explosiveness. Hayden loves his CrossFit. You know what I mean? So it's like everybody has their thing, right? Um, but when you can mend them all together, it really is pretty special because if everybody does the same thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. there's nothing special about that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because it, it doesn't really create diversity in what you're doing for your patients and clients. You know what I mean? Because exactly. it's like somebody calls, they're like, yo, Chad, I want you to help me do a marathon. I'm not your guy. <laughs> I've got two other people that are way better at that than I am. Um, but that's how it goes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but like when you, when you can have a culture like that and you can build up that culture, it does become very, very contagious. And it creates more confidence for yourself, but you're also instilling confidence in your patients and clients, yes, which yeah. is super important. Like yep. there is a mental aspect. I say this all the time, like physically, yes, everybody needs to be stronger, right? But if you can't mentally be there, sometimes it's hard to get patients where they need to get to, yeah. you know, or clients, it's whatever, true. right? Like mm -hmm. it's, there is, there is a double, a double side to that. Yeah, there is. You know? Yeah, definitely. I absolutely. totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Before right. we move past, too far past it. Um, Brett, man, that story from when you were 14, the passion you had telling Dude. that story was unreal. Oh, oh like, yeah. Firing me up sitting over here. So, like, you're not going to fail as a trainer. Yeah. That appreciate just, that, man. Thanks. Just that passion you have. Yeah. Um, just from that story alone, I, I know for damn sure, like, you're, you're going to be just fine with all your clients. Appreciate right? that, man. Yeah. Thank you. That, that, was, that was cool. I think we've all had that, like, yeah. when we were 14, we were like, oh, I want to yeah. be, like, you know, yeah. I want to be the guy. I want to be jacked. I want to have, you know, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to get all the girls. And then after a while, you're just like, yeah, girls yeah. don't even give a shit. Yeah. You're just like, yo, bro, you're looking good, man. You get all the attention from the bros. The girls don't yeah. even care. Yeah, exactly. Well, you yeah. like, you posted something on social yeah, media. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Story. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, once you realize that that's really not what it's about, you're really just doing it for yourself. Do you know what I mean? For yeah. sure. 
So yeah. it's it really is like a big like motivational factor. And like to have a network like this, right, where you can bounce things off of people and yeah, know yeah, that yeah. like mm-hmm. these people over here have my back or like, you know, because I always say this like and actually um Jeff Newman, he's a chiropractor next door, he told me this a while ago and it stuck with me. And it's like if you if you if you always are there for your community, your community will always have your back. Do you know what I mean? So like you always gotta make sure that you're always giving them what they want, you know what I mean? And they will give you what you want in return, you know? So just keep that in mind. Like you're you're always gonna be doing the right thing, you're getting results for people, like it's gonna come back to you. You know what I mean? Twofold. So um, yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. That was that was a great point yeah. for sure. Uh, all right, I want to get more into kind of like now times where now you're training, you've got your own business, you know, you're loving it's it, crazy loving life, that. right? <laughs> I know, isn't it cool? <laughs> it's wild. It gets better after a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got the gear. You already know, man. Yeah, like, yeah, you've got yeah. the shirt, you got the pants. Yeah, those yeah. pants are cool, by the way. I yeah. love those. Um, and, you know, now it's like you're starting to find people that, you know, you really have more of an enjoyment working with, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, That's just yes. what it is. Yeah. Like, I, there are certain clients and patients that I like to work with, same with Nick and Hayden. So it's like, you know, if, if I had to ask you, it's like, hey, what's your favorite type of person or age group or whatever it might be that, you know, if you could pick somebody, you know, that's going to come in your office and you're going to be like, man, this is the person I want to train. Yeah, yeah. What does that person look like? I would say, I would say, um, thinking about, I was, it's funny that you asked that because I was thinking about that the other day because I, I think at some point, like, when I, you know, reach a certain age, I'm going to need a trainer, you yeah, know, and totally. not even now, if I could afford a trainer, I would, Yes. you know, and I think at some point that, you know, so I look at it as a lot of my clients are, you know, in their fifties. Uh, I have one client that's in their sixties, but I think, you know, I'm almost giving back because one day I'm going to need that, you know, and I think that training older, think tra- training older people and training people in their like 50s 60s and helping them deal with injuries or surgeries things like that i don't know maybe one day i'll have another surgery or another i might need knee surgery one day where i'm gonna need help where i can at some point afford a trainer you know so i think that right now i'm almost like it's almost like you're investing in your future you know and it's like i don't know that i might be that person one day so i would say working with somebody that uh probably people that need the training because there's some people that I work out that I'm like you don't need me you know as much as I love training you you know I love training you I love showing you how to squat I love showing you how to hinge I love showing you how to overhead press all the foundational movement patterns you know and you you've gotten really strong and you know you have your typical quote unquote forever clients that they need you for accountability because they're not going to go on the gym themselves exactly which is fine and i love training those people but i think i like training the people that 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 need that really need it I'm not saying that nobody needs it everybody needs a trainer but you know there's those people that could walk into the gym and do it themselves they just they don't have the accountability you know so i would say definitely probably people in their 50s and 60s that have had injuries you know had surgeries or have back problems or knee problems things like that cuz at one point whether i like it or not uh I'm, father time is is undefeated right so, you know, and that's the, that's the reality of it. So that's yeah. a cool perspective. That's, yeah. that's a, not, not a usual answer for that. Like the, the, the ideal client being the person who needs it, right? Like it's usually a, Oh, it's this age range. It's this sport. It's this, but yeah, that's cool. That's a cool, yeah. uh, cool insight for sure. Yeah. I thought about that the other day. So I'm kind of glad that you brought that question up. Cause I was thinking about that. I was like, you want to know what? Cause I've, I trained this woman four days a week, right? She trains with me four days a week. She's no matter what's going on. She's like, Oh, I don't feel good, you know, but I want to get in the gym. So I, I'm like, I'm not even going to write up a workout today. Cause it's not, I'm not going to ever look back and track and go on this previous workout because you're not hundred percent. 
you know, so I'm like, we're going to see what you can do today. And she's like, well, you know what? I feel a lot better now the next day. She's like, I feel so much better. I'm glad that we got in and moved because most people nowadays, you know, and nothing against our medical system, but uh, whenever no, you can say it, the medical yeah, system no, sucks. you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> everything against the medical you know, system. So totally. like, you know, when I was training at my previous job, you know, it was one of those things where somebody's like, oh, I tweaked my ankle or whatever, my knee. And they go to the doctor, the doctor says, oh, I can't work out for a month. And I go, okay, well, your doctor said that, but like, how have you been feeling since we've been working out before that happened? You know, like, oh, I was feeling really great, this and that. And I go, well, you know, if something's going on lower body, we can always work around it. We can do upper body, or we can like try to figure out an exercise that's going to help it and help heal it. But if you completely stop, you're losing all the progress that we've done up into that point. So when I have somebody, you know, like my client who works out with me four days a week and she's like, I'm not feeling well, you know, I have to look at the other approach where I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to tell her, Oh, you need to not work out today because there's always something you can do, you know? So I had her come in and that was actually this week and we did a lower body workout and I had her do lateral lunges with no weight. We were doing very light weight on everything. We were doing like 20, 10 pounds, you know, everything. And she's talking to me. She's feeling great. I'm like, you're doing okay. And then she texted me the next day and she goes, I feel so much better today. And that made me feel like I made the right decision, you know? And it was a hard call to make because you, you don't know, it could be that one session where maybe you shouldn't have actually trained where you're fighting yourself. And you're like, man, she should just not work. She works out all the time. Maybe she needs a day off. But I was like, no, that's what somebody else would tell her to do. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, I'm, this is my, my business. And it's crazy to think that I have Brad and fitness, you know, so this is my business. It's Brad bod fitness, you know? And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I want to let people know that I care, but I'm not willing to give up that easily just because you said something and this is going, I'm not going to be like, all right, throw it away. You know, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And that's a good you know? point that you make. Like it's your business. You can run it any way you like. If you think that this person needs this, that's what they get, right? Like there's not a model that you have to follow because corporate said this, or my owner said this, like if you own a spot, like you, you should give all of your practitioners, trainers, whatever, um, the autonomy to practice any way they like, as long as the patient's safe and they're getting results, right? Like to say that it's only done this way is 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 what the medical model does, and now we are no better. Yes, <laughs> you know and what that's I mean? exactly what I thought about okay. because my my uh, you know all all the flags in my head were like no no just you know, but then I was like you want to know what what's the worst that could happen. And it w turned out great. You know, it's one of those things where I always want to have that approach where I have the open mind where just because somebody can't do a certain exercise doesn't mean there isn't something else that we can do. Because there's being a trainer, I mean, you guys know your trainer, we, we all work out and, you know, there's so much information out there nowadays and I try not to dive down the rabbit hole, but oh, you, you could can. be, you, you can so easily and you could be <laughs> doing say, I don't know, let's just use an example as a lateral, a lateral, uh, a dumbbell lateral raise, right? And you've been doing that for your whole life. And then all of a sudden, oh, lateral raises are bad for you. They're, they're bad for your rotator cuff. They're bad for your uh, anterior deltoid. It puts too much pressure on your medial deltoid or whatever whatever, whatever they say. And you're like, wow, I've been doing lateral raises myself. I've been doing it with my clients for the last five years. And you know, maybe I shouldn't do lateral raises anymore, but it's like, there's that one person that can have that rip, a bad ripple effect That's sometimes, right. That's right. you know, and make everybody else think that, you know, I shouldn't do lateral raises anymore because they're bad for you. This is a good segue you know? into um, the dietary talk that we're going to do in a, in a few minutes, but I want to, I want to definitely take some time and talk about that because 
um, I have been known to post like uh, uh, an overhead press like, behind yeah, the yeah, neck. Yeah, like yeah. people are like, dude, why are you doing that? That's yeah. so bad for your shoulders. Not. Who said that? If you, you have the shoulder mean? mobility to do that's it, it's a fine exercise. That's right. It's not know? right for everybody. Yeah. But it doesn't like, mean I'm that's... not going to do them with my shoulder. But exactly. that doesn't mean that no. But I, if somebody feels like they can do it and they're feeling like they're getting a good connect, my muscle connection there, then okay, all right. You know, as long as you're doing it safely. You yeah. Know? Because somebody or a certain percentage of the population can't perform that exercise doesn't mean it's a bad exercise. It's just not right for you. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's where we as um, healthcare and as fitness providers need to be better consumers and need to know how to read the research and understand what that actually means. Because so many people read that and be like, damn, I'm never going to do that again with any of my clients or any of my patients because Dr. So-and-so said it was a bad exercise. Yep. So I'm like (laughs) scratching out of my program. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, oh my God, have I been hurting this person? In fact, we do it the exact opposite here. We're like, oh, you didn't say it? Great. Now that means I want to do it more. Now why? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And that's that's what it comes down to. And it's just, it's one of those things where you have to trust what you've been doing for X amount of years. You know, like I've been working out since I've been 14. I'll be 35 in April. I've been working out almost 20 years now. And it's crazy to think about that. But everything I've done, have I learned some things along the way that I shouldn't do and should do? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that I have to treat my clients like that. You know, that's my body. Everybody's, the typical saying, everybody's body is different, um, which is true. So you can't take that same approach with your training or what you've learned and always have to feel like you have to be like a drill sergeant. Yeah. And this is what we do here, 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 here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to kind of segue into the dietary talk and I know you're, you're one, yeah, one, one thing before that. So that, that, um, you know, story you told about that woman that, that, uh, you even though the there was some indication doctor doesn't think i should be doing this you did it anyway it's a yeah. tough one for trainers like it's hard. us being pts where we have our foot in the healthcare door so when I, we get it every every day patients come in and they're like well doctor said i shouldn't be doing this and we're like well you know <laughs> they're not 100 percent right um and we have no problem saying that but as a trainer it's hard to say that right yeah but I mean, Chad and I both know that there are a lot of really good trainers out there that just know more than most doctors from like a, a exercise and, and just movement yeah. um, perspective. You know, of course, the doctor serves their red flag purposes and all that kind of stuff. I totally understand that. But from the movement piece, um, the healthcare industry absolutely is, um, you know, demonizing a lot of movement and exercise in the state of injuries. And it's a tough one for trainers. So I'm, I'm glad you were able to you know, kind of work through that and just switch yeah. things up. Like it's, yep. it's, there's, like you said, there's always something you can be doing. Um, you know, and I think trainers do intuitively try to do that, but I think that that's one of the big problems where there's this, like, it's almost like stigmatized, right? Where it's like, oh, the doctor said it. I can't step on the doctor's toes because I don't have that degree. And that's how I feel completely. Cause yeah. I feel like I'm just, you know, I got a certification and I got the 400, four month, 500 hour course. Yeah. I got the PPSC, you know, I do a lot of reading and learning on my own. Um, but it's one of those things where like, I didn't go to a four-year college. But you know I what though? Like, you know, PTs do that too. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. we have, I mean, I have a seven-year degree because I didn't have to go <laughs> after a year. They just didn't have the, they didn't have the uh, accelerator program back when I was going to school, but like six, seven years of schooling and a doctoral degree. And there are some people that are just like, well, if the doctor says you can't do it, then we just shouldn't do it. They don't even question why. And and sometimes they don't even know what the doctor actually said. Yes. And that, because everything is, is communicated from the doctor to the patient. And the patient, the way that they, they understand what the doctor's saying, sometimes gets construed. So it's like the doctor could say, hey, I, I just don't want you like overloading that knee joint. Yeah. And then the, the patient comes in and is like, 
The doctor said, I can't do squats. Yeah. I can't I do just, this. I can't do I that. I can't do that. Bed. I just, I need a rest for two weeks. And you're like, did the doctor really say that? We don't really know. You know what I mean? So that's not me giving the benefit of the doubt like Nick would typically do. But that's <laughs> me. That's me basically saying I have been in a lot of instances in which the patient does definitely mess up the lines of communication, right? For sure. Now, what creates a good provider, whether it's a trainer, whether it's a physical therapist, is to be able to kind of work around that and have creative language to make the patient say, hey, your doctor's not a moron, but this is this is how we can kind of get around yeah, that yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exercise yeah, exactly. and we can still yeah. get you to move yep. because overall movement is like the best you know, type of medicine, medicine that you need right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think that you know, what you did is perfect and you know, because a lot of times, even from PTs, if we're just like, uh, I know the doctor said that, but that doesn't make any sense. You know, the patient can take that personally, all depending on the patient, right? Yeah. Like if, if you've known the patient for a long time, we have some patients that we can say that to some patients and some patients be like, you know what? I trust you more than I trust the doctor anyways. And that's cool. But you don't know where some people stand because there's still a generation of people that doctors are king. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you go against the doctor, you are now not trusted. You, you are outside the circle. You know what I mean? So it's you true, just have man. to walk the line. So, you know, but being creative with your language, you can do it very, very well. And you can still get them to do what you want them to do without feeling like they're going against the doctor's protocols. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. And then nine times out of 10 or most of the time, they're like, wow, I feel really great now. You know? And it's like, it's like, well, we just had to kind of work our way and change our mindset. You know, because once somebody gets that mindset, like you said, that whatever generation, you know, once we get around that mindset and they get moving and then the next day I got the text like, hey, I feel pretty good today. And it's no like, better feeling than that. Though. Yeah, exactly. Really you no know, better feeling. You know, yeah, yeah for sure. Nice. Did you want to add anything to that, Nick? No, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to segue into, I mean, you like we said in the beginning, you've been through a lot of changes. Yeah. And it's been uh, wild. It's been I'm wild. super grateful of for course. this, you guys. Honestly, I just want to touch on that real no, quick. Like, I, like I, I look up to you guys because uh, you guys, you know, but I think you're I think the model is great and I, tr I trust you guys so much. And that's why I'm always here. And like to be even be here right now, like I feel like this is almost like, you know, how when you feel like you're you're finally feeling a shift in your life. Totally. You know, that's kind of where this feels right. right now. And it's like, that's why I even get emotional talking about it. But like to come to you guys and to know, like, I love you say, does your PT even lift? Yeah. Because you know? yeah. I've been a physical therapist <laughs> before and it's like, like, hey man, like you're helping me try to get back to like squatting 225 and, you know, pulling 300 pounds off the ground off a trap bar. Right. It's like, have you ever done that before? That's right. You know, but it's like, I know you guys have been in those situations. That's so right. when you're working on me, I have yep. so much more faith, totally. you know, that you guys have done what I'm doing and you know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I know, I know that I'm in good hands. Yeah. yeah. And if we had followed the PT model, we'd still be there. You know what I mean? So what was really been the change for us is connecting with great trainers. You know what I mean? And like I said before, like I've said this a million times, like this very, like we put the APTA CSM, which is like the biggest, a, it's like the uh, American Physical Therapy Association, like conference of the year. Um, I have no desire to go. There is nothing there that I want to see. Not a, not a fucking thing. You know what I mean? Because they keep on going down the same rabbit hole as they've yeah. been the last 30 fucking years. And I don't need to see another talk on ACL reconstruction and rehab. I've seen that already about a thousand times. You know what I mean? But when we go to a training or a coaching conference, everything's new. You meet really, really cool people that are actually doing it in the industry. And that's where we get our motivation. That's where we get you know our drive. And that's where we get our knowledge. So it's like, you know, being able to connect with people like you is amazing because it's like you may sit here and feel like oh, I don't deserve to be here, 
but you wouldn't be sitting in that chair if you didn't. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? So true. like uh, we have yeah. you here for a reason because we trust in you just as much as you trust in us. And we only want to see success for you, but you know, we, we want to be able to promote you and in, in your business. So, um, but I, I think that there's a lot of, a lot that people can learn from your story because there's a lot of people that yeah. are going through the same journey, maybe yeah, not yeah. exactly the same, yeah, but yeah, in yeah. a similar journey, yep. journey as you, you can always relate. And, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. It, it's, it has to be relatable. And I think one of those journeys for you was the journey that you had made kind of transitioning from a vegan diet yeah, to like yep. an omnivore diet. Yeah. And, um, I know when we first met, mm-hmm. you were like, no, I'm a vegan. I'm good. Like yeah, we had yeah. food here. And I was like, dude, dig in. And you're yeah, like, nah, yeah, man, I can't. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to say it. Yeah. But like, you were like, no, I'm vegan. I'm like, that's cool. Like yeah, we yeah. don't have anything against it. You exactly. know what I mean? But we want people to understand the reasons yep. as to why they're doing it. Like if yeah, it's an ethical yeah, yeah. thing, it's, mm-hmm. it's understandable. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they're doing it because they feel like it's a better diet, yeah, we need yeah. to have a better conversation about that because I'm not so sure you understand why you're saying that. Um, so I want you to talk about kind of a little bit about that about your journey there, like what, why you decided to do that, you know, when you made the transition and why you decided to make the transition back to more of a meat-based or animal-based diet. Yep. Yeah. I'm really excited to actually talk about this because uh, I've noticed a huge difference, but I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So when I fell off of my motorcycle and had my grade four AC joint separation, it was during COVID, it was June of, excuse me, 2020. And orthopedic surgeon came in he goes there's a 95 percent chance you need surgery he's like what do you do? He, before he said that what do you do for a living this and that um, i'm like i'm a personal trainer i'm a i wait tables at a fine dining restaurant you know i have a dog you know i'm very active and uh he kind of broke it was funny how he kind of came in because first the his like assistant came in and then he came in and he was like yeah there's a 95 percent chance you need surgery and i knew i was in good hands but there's always that you know, doubt in your mind when you have surgery that you're like, you're not sure you're going to be the same. But the doctor that did my surgery was a team doctor for the New York Jets. Uh, he also was a team doctor for the New York Islanders. So I know AC joint separations in football and hockey are very common, right? So I knew I knew I was in good hands. If he could, you know, fix these athletes and get them back to their sport, I knew that I was in good hands. So uh, got the surgery uh, pretty much like a week after I had found my motorcycle. And, you know, we had all this time during COVID, you know, to, to read books, watch documentaries and Netflix, obviously game changers, right? Oh yeah. Game changers, you know, uh, forks over knives, all these documentaries came out. My partner at the time was a vegetarian and I'm thinking, I'm watching all these documentaries. I'm like, if I want to heal quicker, I need less inflammation in my body. Right. So I'm thinking if I switch to a vegan diet, there's going to be less inflammation in my body and I'll be able to help heal my shoulder quicker. So I was just trying to kind of get back to you know, F45, I was coaching F45, you know, doing all the crazy F45 stuff, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> so I'm like, I gotta get back. Like I gotta get back quick. Cause gyms were starting to open up at that point. It was June or yeah, it was June of 2020. So things were slowly starting to open back up. And uh, I was like, I need to get back. Like I've been working out and I need to get back. And I'm like, if I try this vegan diet, maybe it'll help me heal quicker. Right. So that was the whole reason and I told myself, you know, like I said, I haven't drank in almost 10 years. So I was like, if I cannot drink alcohol, I can like cut out meat, you know, it's, it's easy. So I did it. My partner at the time was vegetarian. So, uh, she just cut out, um, uh, dairy. Right. And then, uh, we just started making vegan dishes and, you know, I went to the doctor, I got my blood test, my, uh, 
cholesterol had lowered, my blood pressure lowered, my uh, I, I did lose some weight, probably I lost muscle mass, I want to say that was probably what I had lost. And I did it for, uh, you know, I felt pretty good. And I did it for three years. I did the vegan diet for three years. And I was like, you know, looking back at it now, I was like, you want to know what I don't I don't necessarily regret it. But I started like, you know, I had remember when I, it had been a couple years and I was lifting again and I was like, I just don't feel as strong as I used to be. I was like, I just felt weak. I felt, I didn't feel as strong as I used to be. I noticed like, and I'm not a big guy. I'm only, I'm five, six, I'm 165 pounds. And I want to say I probably dropped to like 150, one, almost 145, 150. I lost like probably 10 or 15 pounds. Right. And I'm, you know how you're used to filling out your shirt for sure. You know, and I'm like, and I don't wear a big shirt. And I'm like, I'm not even <laughs> filling out my shirts anymore. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't feel the same. Yeah. You know, I got to a point where I think I was content with what I was, but I knew I could do more but I didn't know what was holding me back. I was just trying to eat a crap ton of tofu. I mean, I meal prep, right? We all, we meal prep here. We have our meals, you know, and I would meal prep. I would buy five things of tofu, right? And I would put <laughs> one, one block of tofu in each meal for five meals from Monday through Friday for my lunch. So I would eat a whole block of tofu a day, right? And I still wasn't able to put on muscle. And nothing against, and that's, I know that's the stipulation or whatever. You can't get enough protein on a vegan I swear I could not get enough protein on a vegan diet. And I've ran into that problem, you know, and I know everybody says, oh, you can get enough protein on a vegan diet. And I'm sure there's people that do, but I, I tried, I tried and I couldn't. And then, um, I met my, uh, me and my current girlfriend, uh, we had been uh, dating for a while and we would go out to eat and she'd have to find restaurants that were like vegan sure. and stuff like that. And she's like, she's like, it's kind of a pain in the neck. She's like, she's like, she's you like, she could have been talking a lot about this girl. I feel yeah. like she should be here right now. She was like a huge game she, changer. She was, in your life. she was. Yeah. And honestly, her name's Amanda. She's great. Awesome. Um, and you know, she'll listen to this podcast. I love you. I love you, Amanda. You've been nothing but great. She, <laughs> she is hard on me. She That's does awesome. give me a lot of tough love, tough love, yeah. um, tough love, but I need it. You know, I of do course. need it. Cause I'm, I can be stubborn, you know, of course. sometimes as we all can be. We all. So, um, so she goes, you want to know what, like, I don't mind going out to eat, but she's like, when we cook at home, she's like, it's kind of a pain in the ass. And like, you know, it's like to cook for you. Cause she's nice. like, she's making vegan Alfredo and like, you know, all this stuff. She's like, she's like, do you think you're going to be vegan for the rest of your life? And I go, I don't know. So then I started like probably a few months before that I was just, you know, typing stuff on YouTube and a lot of vegans found out that, um, they started to feel different they started to get sick easier. They, yeah. they, they felt weak. So a lot of, um, vegans I saw after like 10, 11, 12 years of being vegan, they incorporated fish. They started doing fish versus like jumping right into chicken or steak. So I had been thinking about it for a little bit before we even started dating. And then when she brought it up, I was like, so it's sometimes that other person from the outside perspective of pulling you out of your, yeah. you know, your tofu, totally. your, you know, your whole, your whole little world. And she pulled me out and, uh, she's like, have you ever thought about it? I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try it. So um, we went to Moxie in Portsmouth and I got a haddock and that was, I ordered the haddock. I ate it. Uh, I felt fine. Right. And we got mussels and then we ordered like a, a dessert and wherever I felt fine. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. And then I tried like chicken and then she's like, all right, do you want to try steak? And I go, if I try steak, we're going somewhere and we're getting a nice steak. <laughs> yeah, really? So uh, we went out uh, to Abe and Louie's in Boston and we got a giant tomahawk steak <laughs> dude you went 
zero to a hundred. I went zero <laughs> to a hundred. That's awesome. We got a giant tomahawk. I've steak. had one of those before. They are pretty bad. Abe Louis. No, not oh, okay. at Abe Louis, okay. but yeah. So and steak, me, yeah. like I'm used to waiting tables at fine dining restaurants. So here I am now. I had, I think I had just started my own business, or it was right before I had started my own business. We were talking about it, and you know, I felt completely out of my element. Like everything's different. Everything was different. So different because I'm at the restaurant. The guys waiting on us. I'm used to waiting tables at the fine dining restaurant. And here he is. I haven't eaten steak in three years. Right. And he plops the silver platter tomahawk <laughs> steak right in front of me. And I'm like, I'm about to eat this thing. And it's medium rare. And yeah. I, I eat it. And I'm like, I want more, you know. And then I started um, one of my buddies uh, that I work out with on Saturdays. Uh, we, we do a lot of my workouts, I do a lot of unilateral training because from my previous injuries, I'm kind of in balance. So I do a lot of unilateral training throughout the week. And then Saturday is my one day where I, I hit it hard. I kind of have my workouts build up to that one workout. And uh, I strength train with my buddy once a week and we alternate, we do squats. And then I don't, I don't deadlift, but I do trap bar. Yeah. I do trap bar yep. deadlift just because yep. the spine, spine loading. Yep. Um, so I do trap bar and, you know, I started to notice, I just, I'm like, I've never put up numbers like this before. Even when I was eating meat before, probably because I wasn't training that hard. Sure. I had a partner. Yeah, of course. But then before, you know, I was just like, you know, eating tofu and, and eating, you know, the plant-based diet. I felt like the weights were going up. Like the weight, they were going up quicker because I was letting my body rest and recover also. But then also I was just getting way more protein. Like the protein was coming in so much easier because now I had started incorporating meat versus trying to eat a block, block of tofu a day, right? And I'm being like, it tastes better, I feel better, and I feel like I look better, I feel stronger, and I feel like, you know, and maybe it was just, I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't, I did, I did blood work uh, with my doctor last week, and my testosterone level was fine, but I don't know if my testosterone level, I think it was 571, which uh, I was like, oh my God, is that high enough? I was like, is that high enough? And I'm sure that it wasn't as high as when I was. It would I didn't, be interesting to see what it was previously. And I never did that. Yeah. I never did that. Um, and I wish I would have because I was curious, because I feel like I definitely had lower testosterone from not eating meat. You know, um, and I definitely feel like now that I am, I'm the strongest I've been. I feel like I'm just, I, I feel like, funny to say it, game, I feel like it was game changing for yeah. me to go from the vegan diet. And I think I didn't, I think it was more impactful because I had done it for three years and then I just kind of slowly transitioned back into it. But uh, I'll tell you what. I don't think I'll ever go back and nothing yeah. against vegan. No, no, no. Nothing yeah, against sure. vegan. I know that there, I know there's always those people, Oh my God. And I didn't do it for ethical reasons. I did it for more to heal my injury. Sure. And then I just stuck with it. Yes. And it was one of those things where, um, you know, I know that now how I feel from eating meat and, and how I feel in the gym and how I feel in everyday life, I won't, I won't go back to eating of just a vegan diet. Yep. So, yeah, I know Nick's, I know Nick's oh, got to I could say Nick's so many things, up, but, so, oh, gosh. Uh, but before Nick goes on his tangent, um, I will say that when I first met my, my wife, she, uh, she was vegetarian. She wasn't vegan. She was vegetarian and she wasn't a big fan of meat at all. Like in my kids love meat. They'll eat it all day long. They'll, this, this, like I, my kids will just eat that shit right off the bone. They don't care. Yeah. Um, it's totally grosses out my wife even still. Um, but she, she never had a problem cooking the meat, but she just wouldn't eat it. Right. And so about like maybe two, two and a half years ago, she started getting back into eating meat, which is great. And um, she's been noticing the same thing, but also like when she wasn't eating meat and I was cooking meat, she'd be like, man, is it like horrible that I really want to eat that right now? Like she just 
was like having this sort of salivary response every time I'd cook it. I'd be like, and I talked about it with Nick one time. I'm like, what do you think that is? He goes, uh, it's obviously her body's way of saying she wants she to. She wants it. Food. Yeah, it's yeah. Simple. Yeah, <laughs> like, simple. It's you know, true. Totally. It's so true. I thought about that and I told her and she goes, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. And um, it wasn't long after that. And then she just started going to town on it. You know what I mean? But I had a similar experience to Game Changers, although my Game Changers experience wasn't like yours. So when I saw that documentary, I was like, man, maybe there is something to this. I don't know. Yeah, right? It was very I, convincing. It totally was very convincing. convincing. And I want to talk about the new one that they just came out with, which was not as convincing because of the first one. Um, but the <laughs> 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 they kind of screwed it up for themselves. Um, but I said, I, I went on a, uh, a vegan diet for four weeks to see, just to see. You know what I mean? I was like, ah, maybe there is something to this. Maybe I'll feel better. I don't know. Um, not only did I feel worse, I felt more lethargic. I felt bloated all the time. And I know a lot of that was probably because my fiber intake was a little bit higher. And I don't get a lot of diversity in my fiber either. Like I just eat the same shit every day. And I'm cool with that. I love that. You know what I mean? But the second I step outside of my my comfort zone is, is when I'll start to feel that. So I know that was probably part of it. But I didn't feel any better. And it was like, oh, I'll give it two weeks. It'll come back. And I'm like, okay, I will. And nothing changed. I felt worse. I lost weight. I felt weaker in the gym. So um, I was like, screw this. This is not for me. You know, and then come to find out it was probably not the right move for me at all. You know what I mean? Um, considering I had survived off meat for forever. And that's you what know? I was thinking yeah. about too when I went back. I was like, you want to know what? My um, 32 years of my life or 31 years of my life, I ate meat, had no issue with it at all. And I was like, so I don't know why I was so scared to go back to it, you know? But yeah, it was it was definitely, uh, definitely, you know, I'm, I'm probably the strongest I've been in my entire life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I owe it a lot because I don't know if I had met my girlfriend, I might've just been the tofu guy for the rest of my life. You know, I mean, you never know, but it's one of those things that I'm glad that I incorporated it back because, you know, if you're not, if you're not confident in yourself and you're not confident in the gym, then that spills into your business and everything else. So I was going to say, I was going to mention, I, I, I think if you stayed vegan, I think you would have had a harder time being a business owner. I, I truly do. I don't think because it absolutely would have tanked your testosterone. It would have disrupted hormones to some extent. And you would have had a harder time keeping those at adequate levels. And you would have had a lot of... Um, a lot more issues with what what comes along with being a business owner, yeah, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. Without a doubt, I agree. I didn't think um, of that. That's and a the good stressors point. too, like yeah. that kind of stuff. You just you would need more calories to offset the stress. It just it would have been it would have been a lot harder to manage. There's a lot more cooking involved. You wouldn't have had the time to do it because you have a business. It just there's a lot of variables there that, in my opinion, wouldn't have made sense. Um, I can't say the numbers 100% because I, I don't know for, for a fact, but I would, I would venture that 99% of vegans don't stay vegan. I think they go, I think people who have done vegan or are vegan right now are in a, um, a vegan period. I, I think a lot of people come out of it because of health issues. You know, notably B12 deficiency is the, typically the most talked about one. Um, so people will get like the diagnosis of pernicious anemia, stuff like that. But uh, there's so many other things that can be associated with it. We won't even get into those. But um, my, my big, big thing with, with um, veganism is like, look, veganism is not, it's not um, this new thing for humans. That's, it's been a thing for us since our, our inception as, as uh, Homo sapiens, right? Since, since we evolved as Homo sapiens, if we couldn't catch anything, any, if we didn't hunt anything, what were we in That's the right. interim? That's a good point. If we didn't hunt anything for a few weeks, we were vegan during that time, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> That's right. There were periods of time when, when food was scarce that we were just vegan at that time. So I don't think that humans 
can't survive on vegan. I think they absolutely can, but can they thrive? I don't think so. Not sustainable. You know, and I think that yeah. that's the reality. So for you making the decision like, oh, I want this to heal really well. There's some debate on that. I think meat is an important part of healing as well. But nonetheless, you were like, oh, I want to decrease inflammation. I, I, you know, I think it's a worthwhile time to try something like that. But you, I think when it comes to um, the vegan diet, people should just from the get go make a um, put a put a timestamp on it. You know, because the the just jumping in and be like, yeah, I'm just gonna do it, and this is gonna be it. It's I I think it's a recipe for disaster because you have no uh, just no rules and, and, and regulations with it. And then you're just asking for some kind of deficiency and something to break down. Um, so no, I mean, I think it's, it's very much like individual dependent, but there's not, uh, the, our modern world is more stressful. It's more riddled with toxins. It's more, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a different world. I think we need meat now more than ever. It's the most nutrient dense food to humans. We are omnivores. There is so much evidence to show us that. And, and it's just, that's that's the reality of it all. I don't want to get into too much of the nitty gritty <laughs> details. But it's just, it is. It's, no, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a reality. But yeah, the, the Game Changers thing is um, those documentaries, like, I just encourage people to, hey, look, that's cool. Watch the documentary, but like, do a little research on like who funded it, you know, yeah. who, who produced it, source, and all that where kind of sources come from, and things like that. Because yeah. Game Changers and the recent one, whatever it was called, um, they were both funded by um, a, a party that's owned by Beyond Meat. So that's like, right. You know, it's it's literally owned by a a, a fake meat company. So like, <laughs> come on, guys, that's and that, that's and not only that, right if you didn't watch the new one, so the new one is called uh, You Are Yeah, it's called You Are What You Eat. Uh, it's called You Are What You Eat, A Twin Experiment. Oh, so, I didn't watch that yet. They it, talk, it's I interesting, heard, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you have to take everything with a grain of salt, right? Because they they buffer so much shit. It's kind of wild. So, so like um, they would take one twin. They were identical twins only. One twin would eat the vegan diet and then the other one would eat the omnivore diet. Yeah. And then they would compare the results over, I want to say it was like a four week, four week? Or I think eight it, week? Yeah, I think eight so, weeks. Was yeah, the, eight weeks yeah. maybe. Yeah. And um, they, can, they, they compared like they, they did like DEXA scans on them to determine like body fat percentage, scale to muscle mass. Um, they tested like their blood pressure and all that other stuff. But like um, they did like blood work on them. But like, again, like you didn't see a lot of those results. But like Nick was saying, not only is it funded by these meat alternative companies, but the director and I believe the, is the director? Yeah, the director. Oh, and the primary investigator of the whole study are fucking vegan. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's even more, what's even more shocking about that is that it, it's shocking and scary is that it's a Stanford University study. Like, this shit is done at college. Like, what the fuck? Now, it's like, oh, it's got to be credible because hey, Stanford. Highly reputable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a doctor thing again, right? Totally. It's like the doctor thing. Totally. Don't go against the college. Don't go against man. the big university, you know? Yeah. So, like, they what they didn't say because they, and I remember watching it too. When you watch it, like, watch the woman, the woman that owns Dexafit. She's like, wow, this is, like, not good. And then they, but they kind of made it look like she was like, oh, yeah, this is really good. You know what I mean? But she was, like, surprised, but not surprised of the results. She was like, um, but anyways, over time, if you looked at the DEXA scan results, the 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 twin the twins that were part of the vegan experiment lost um, skeletal muscle mass and actually gained body fat percentage. Believe it or not, yeah, most of them did. Um, so they obviously didn't talk about that. Well, it makes you sense because I mean? they didn't talk about too because they they perseverated on LDL decreasing, but. 
triglycerides went up, which is not good. That's right. Right. And that's usually going to be indicative of body fat going up. So like triglycerides went up and I think even, um, I don't know for sure, but I think even like fasting glucose may have gone up. They did. Well, they, they said that the insulin sensitivity was better, but they're only saying that, I mean, the, the it had vegan, to be one positive, right? Well, the they well the to... vegans the vegans were on a they were and uh was more of like a cal- caloric restrictive diet versus oh yeah the that omnivore was, yeah, diet. Yeah, so yeah. it's like anytime you reduce calories, you're going to be more insulin exactly. sensitive. Exactly. So, it's like, <laughs> so it's like anytime you do that, it's like boo, no shit. You know what I mean? So, but they 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 pride themselves on that. So it's like it's you got to read between the lines. But if you actually do watch it, um, you there there is a take home, and I would say the biggest take home for me, even though I already knew this, is when they actually bring you to some of those farms where they're actually breeding some of these animals, um, it it just basically teaches you, hey, you should know where you're getting your meat yes. from. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Locally so if there's sourced, a take-home, yeah. I think yep. that's the take-home because they're not wrong about that, but they obviously make it look way worse and they never mention pesticides. They don't talk about any of that shit because there's... There's no contaminants in vegetables, only in animal products. You know what I mean? So it's like they totally bastardized the animal side, even though it, most of it was true, but they don't talk about the other consequences with, with eating plants. Um, and again, not all of it's bad, right? But you just need to know where you're fucking getting it from, you know? And I think that's like the biggest, that for me was like the biggest take home. So um, I don't know if you watch it, that's, that's, that's my thought. Well, I had heard uh, that they asked at the end, they said, is this something you would keep doing? That's and right. they said, no, yeah, because no. it's so restrictive. And I think about that's it right. now, like I was so restricted on what I could eat. Now I don't have to worry when I go to a restaurant, you know, obviously like I'm not going to, you know, if, if there's something I'm going to try to pick the healthier option, but I don't have to like be like, oh, where's the tofu? You know, yeah. no, no, totally, or like, totally. you know, now I can go out to eat, you know, on the once a week or every other week, weekend, me and my girlfriend go out and we'll get something. Now I can like kind of, cause I'm the same with you. I eat my oats in the morning. I have my chicken quinoa and broccoli yep. for lunch yep. that my girlfriend yep. makes fun yep. of me. And then I have like, you know, that's usually at night. And then I'll have like my smoothie and some eggs yeah. during the day for yeah, lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know Monday through Friday, I've eaten the same thing and I've gotten my three or four lifts in, you know? So when Saturday night comes around and if i want to go and i want to have a big steak you know or i want to have something like a cheat yes. meal that i don't have to worry about that Absolutely. because like now i've i've known that you know that thousand percent i've i've gotten that you know so i love that yeah. i love it man yeah. that was a great point i wanted to rip on that for sure because yeah that is uh been one of the biggest misleading yes um things it's, it's with, huge now oh it's huge, it's, huge it's now, like a movement know? it is it I, is a movement and i'm you know it's, it's and it moving. got me it got me for three years totally man so I'm saying. it got me so you like know? people are sitting there being like oh i feel like shit you know yeah. what i mean or maybe they feel good but they don't really actually know what feeling good feels like yes you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah exactly. also yeah, there, yeah. there's really so you mentioned like people doing it for ethical reasons is different it's like it is different but there's the basis for all those claims it, it's they're really not there. And if someone is truly like listening is, is interested in the ethical side of it, um, I encourage you to follow sustainable dish. She, she does a ton of work on the actual ethics behind, um, both, you know, plants and meat. And, um, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of lies. There's a lot of greenwashing and, and that kind of stuff. So it's not a, a, you know, the way people describe it where it's like, oh, I'm just trying to save the animal. It's like, there's a lot of animals that lose their lives for, for the uh, uh, monocropping of, of these plants that we're eating. So, um, 
a lot of it's yeah it's it's misleading well i sure. tell people too it's like on a quick uh touch you know you can it can say have this you know and the marketing they do is crazy because sometimes you know when i was vegan i was like all right i gotta find something maybe a tree or something else that i wanted something out of the normal and they put like a bright green color oh, on it totally no fat this and yeah. that and then you look at the ingredients <laughs> and the ingredient list is as long as you know a laundry list That's right. and it's so small that you know i don't wear glasses but i'm like geez if i was like 20 30 years if i was in my 50s or 60s i would have to put on my glasses to be able to read these ingredients <laughs> yeah. and it's like a lot yeah, of the ingredients yeah. on here i don't want to put this in my body and most most you of you probably don't even know what the fuck they are then that's what i'm saying you know <laughs> so it says it's healthy and the big yeah. picture right the big picture it's oh it's bright green it's got a sun on it it's, you see people like dancing and laughing or whatever you know the way that they market it then you turn it over and it's like you know oh it's like uh, almost not even comparing not even trying to compare it to cigarettes but remember then they had cigarette commercials oh, yeah. they had like the cool totally. cigarette commercials and then all of a sudden now it's like smoking isn't cool anymore but smoking used to be so cool I know. and then people are like oh my god it like it can kill you you know <laughs> like, like so maybe we should I feel stop, like you know? back then though it was like not an excuse but it's like we didn't know any better you know what i mean not to say that's an excuse but we really didn't but now we do but we're still making dumbass decisions. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. Like we have Google, we have all of these like ways to figure out if this is a good choice or not. And yet we still make the fucking wrong decision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense. And like true. I said, it got me for three years, yeah. but it took me doing it for three years, then eventually eating meat again and then started lifting. And I don't think most people, not to say that, uh, that most people who switch to vegan don't work out. But if you, maybe if you don't lift, you don't notice those changes in the gym. So maybe you're thinking you are healthier, but you're more of a runner or you do other type of fitness. Maybe you do yoga or something, whatever it is that you do. And you're not really noticing that the skeletal muscle mass, you know, and people don't realize how important skeletal muscle mass. Actually, I listened to uh, another podcast called mind pump and they talk about, uh, you know, how important skeletal muscle mass is in strength training because that's a tissue, that's an organ. So it's important to maintain Absolutely. that for the yeah. rest you, of your life. If you life, listen to uh, Dr. You know? Gabrielle Lyons, she talks about that all the time. That's her big yeah. thing. Like people think the biggest organ in the body is the skin, but it's not, it's your muscle. Um, and I agree with that a thousand percent. Um, but I would, I mean, honestly, it's just, I would just say, just be a good consumer. You yeah. Know what I mean, like you were yep. saying, I mean, you, you can't listen to like all these big colleges anymore. Cause you have Stanford university. That's all about vegans. And then you got fucking Harvard university. That's like lucky charms are better than meat products. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> they both sound so ridiculous yeah. yet. Um, not to some people. So, yeah. uh, I think it's just like podcasts like this, just hopefully we create enough awareness to kind of, you know, at least get people to consider the to other think option about it. think yeah, about yep. it. Um, you know, versus like just jumping into it because, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger said it was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to a lot of things Arnold Schwarzenegger and said. And who didn't, right? <laughs> or who doesn't, you know? I mean, I think everybody remembers uh, that scene in Terminator. And Terminator yeah. 2, Terminator yeah. 2 is... Terminator 2 and Predator are probably my yeah. favorite action yeah. movies of all time. But Terminator 2, if anybody remembers, uh, I'm probably aging myself here, but if Terminator 2 or anybody remembers when he comes, right, and he comes down and he walks into the bar and he's got no clothes on and everybody's like, and then the guy's like, uh, he's like, I need your car, I need your bike. And then he like grabs his, he's like, and he's like, and he just takes it, you know, he, and next thing he's, and then the, he's got the jacket yeah. Yeah. and the glasses and he's on the bike and he's out. He's like, wow, like. How do I look like that guy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like The Rock, the whole rock yeah, thing that yeah, I was talking yeah, about yeah. earlier too. But yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. All right, I want to finish off with a few questions because um, I think one question first I, I want is uh, more or less like maybe a piece of advice that you would give to somebody that's thinking about becoming a trainer 
um, or even starting their own business for that matter. Like maybe they were like you, they were a trainer that like just felt stuck and they were just like, Hey, I want to open my own business. Um, there, is there a piece of advice that you would give somebody that's just either starting out or getting into the fitness industry and, you know, maybe a piece of advice for somebody that's like in the industry, but wants to kind of take that next step or next leap like you did. Yeah, I would say definitely I would train under somebody for a little while. I'm glad that I did it for 18 months. You know, I wish I would have done it for longer, honestly. Um, but I feel like the pressure situation that I was in, I had to make that jump, but I would say I, I, I wish I would have trained at least a couple more years because movement is so different in everybody's body. You know, you think that just because you train a certain way or you train your 10 or 20 clients and they've had success, your next 10 or 20 clients are not going to be exactly like yourself or those other 10 or 20 clients. So I would say definitely, I would say work under somebody for a while. Definitely, uh, you know, sa save your money before you take the jump, you know, save your money, find a good business mentor. I would say, you know, find a good business mentor. Um, I would say definitely f try to follow people that have done it before that and try to follow their blueprint, not necessarily to a T, but kind of see how they did it. And also understand that there's going to be a lot of hard times. And it's, it's, you know, when I went into business for myself, I was like, you know what, this is pretty cool. Like I'm working half the hours. I'm making the same amount, if not more money. I have more time now. I can work out more. I can spend more time with my girlfriend. But then at the same time, it's like a roller coaster. You have those really highs where you're like on top of the roller coaster, right? And you're like, wow, you can see the whole world on top of the roller coaster. You're like, I'm at Disney World. Yeah, yeah. I made it. You know, and then before you know it, the ride's over. Yes. And uh, and you're back to square one. And sometimes that's just, that's life. And, and it's a lot like, I would say it's a lot like life and you have to, treat your business as you're always in survival mode, no matter how successful you are, you know, no matter if you're at the top of the roller coaster or you're at the bottom, you need to treat each every day, like it's your last, you know, and just, and just focus on that moment and try not to think too far in the past or too far ahead. Cause you can get caught up in that and you can lose what's in front of you, you know, and I don't ever want to do that with my business. I don't ever want to make it about, you know, about, I need to get to this amount of money or I need to get, I need to have whatever this size house or this car. I want to build relationships and I want to build within the community. Like you said, I want people to realize that like, Hey, I worked with a trainer before. Like, who do you train with? Oh, I train with Brad. Like what's different about Brad than any other trainer. And it's that he cares. He wants to make sure you're having, you know, longevity and you're able to play with your kids, your grandkids or whatever down the road versus just focusing on short term results. Yeah. And I, I believe that's true. I mean, that's a great point. And, and I always say this too to people. It's like, you know, I know people like to use assets as their motivation, you know, I, whether, I whether it be sometimes. a Lamborghini I mean, or whether where, it be a, yeah. a house with like a three car garage. We're in the image of society right? now. Of course. Right? Of course. Like assets driven motivation is totally fine. Right. But once you get some of those assets, you realize eh, it's kind of cool. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't it's not all crapped up to be what you thought it was going to be. Right. Um, but people aren't going to remember you for you driving a Lamborghini and be like, oh, Brad, yeah, the guy that used to drive that cool car. They're going to say, no, what was the legacy that Brad left? Like, you know, no, Brad was just like a super humble guy. He was super nice. You know what I mean? He always like gave me great results. Like he was, you know, always on time. Like he was, you know, he always pushed me. Like they're going to remember those things. They're not going to remember the assets that you had. You know what I mean? Um, so I always tell people that because some people get so caught up in that, that they forget why they're doing it. You know what I mean? It's not because you want to have these cool things. It's like, because you want to have the best impact, like you said, on your community. Um, so I'm glad that you have that mentality because that mentality right there is going to be what people see 
not oh he's only doing it to make a couple bucks you yeah know what I, mean? I don't ever want to lose that too because i think that's what um i think the toughest part for me and i'll be honest like i know i can do it physically when i go into the gym and when i work out and in my business i think what we talked about is more the mental side and that's something that i definitely need to work on because it's one of those things where you know when that you talk about the greats like when you get to that level everybody's great like if you're an nfl player basketball player mlb player when you get to that level everybody's great you want to know who the greatest are though the guys that when they get under pressure they can still perform at that level you know so it's like and i'm not there yet you know but i know that i can get there but it's something that i have to work on and it's one of those things at the end of the day like you know, and even my talking, like we said, your, my girlfriend should be here. Uh, she goes, she goes to me, she goes, you want to know what, when I kind of give you tough love, you get really defensive and, you know, and you get, when I tell you like, you know, something should be this way, you get defensive and I do, I get defensive and, you know, but I need to realize that I need to take that with a grain of salt versus thinking that, you know, everybody's trying to attack me and, you know, I need to, oh, I, this is the way it's got to be done. I got to do it this way. And I think I would say on the question too, it would be, definitely have an open mind when you open your own business when you're opening your own business you have to be very open-minded you can't just like we talked about with the doctors and things like that you can't be closed off to different ideas when people are talking to you and throwing you have to take everything and try to look at the big picture and not focus on those little tiny details all the time you know yeah. All right. This is unprecedented. I'm sorry, but I, I have to go like five minutes ago. Right, I got to get Theo. Yeah. Brad, you're the man. Um, yeah. If anyone's listening and they need a trainer, Brad's the guy. He is <laughs> passion exudes from him. Okay. All right. Sorry, everybody. I got to go. It. Chad's going to finish up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brad. I only, I literally only have like two more questions. That's for you. fine. Um, and they were basically questions that would, you know, get people to know you better. Right. Um, so the first question is like, you know, if you had to pick one food to eat, I have a feeling yeah. I know what that is. But if you had to pick one food to eat, what would it be? One food to eat. Are we talking like like a uh, type of food? You know what I mean? Just a type of food. Type are of we food. talking about like a, a like, dish? Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. Oh man, this is a hard. I know question. it's a tough one because I'm so I, like we talked about. We yeah. I think we're similar when we eat the same totally. thing every day. And whenever totally. I see you meal prep, and I'm like, oh well, we have a lot of similarities. I have like there. two foods though that I'm like, man, I could have this, and I'd be like happy as a pig. Oh day. man, that's a tough one. Um, let's see. Um, I would say, um, oh, I love fish. I love. I w- I would have to say, I, as much as I try not to eat red meat, you know, I I like every day. You know, nothing wrong with that. But personally, I just feel like if I have too much red meat just with my body, but I would say if I could eat like uh, there's these, okay, uh, now I know. Uh, So there's this restaurant in Peabody, Massachusetts. It's a dive bar, but it's called Champions. And their steak tips, if you are ever in Peabody, their steak tips are the best steak tips I've ever had. Steak tips and rice, and they give you a little salad. If I could eat that meal for the rest of my life, steak tips, rice, and a little salad on the side with Italian dressing, that would be the That'd meal be that I'd have That'd for the rest the meal. of my life. That That's would, not a bad that meal. You could probably eat that every day if you wanted to. <laughs> for the rest of my life. Man, <laughs> I mean, man. I eat red meat and rice yeah. every day. I love yeah. it. Um, all right. The second one is more exercise-driven. And this one will get you kind of thinking a little bit because this is the one that we ask all the trainers that we have here on the podcast. If you could pick only one exercise that would be suitable for most people, what would it be? I would have to say... Uh, I would say the trap bar. Yeah, I'd say trap bar deadlift because yeah. yeah. uh, I think that we're always picking stuff off the ground. You know, I would say that, and and we're not always as much as I love squatting, you know, and bench pressing or overhead pressing. I think 
as we progress through life and as we age, we're always picking stuff off up off the ground and we're not necessarily doing it in front of us. Sometimes we're picking up groceries off the ground, you know, or we're picking up, uh, buckets of whatever, if you have to sand your driveway or, you know, if you're picking up your kids, things like that, or if you're picking up toys, or I think we're always picking things up off of the ground. So I think it's important to be able to pick heavy things up off the ground or just pick anything up off the ground in general. Besides the fact of like, what's the movement pattern that most people have the hardest time with is like the hip hinge, right? So it's like, we don't spend enough time doing that. Definitely not. Or if we're doing it, we're doing it improperly, which leads to other issues down the road. That's, yeah, I love that. That's a great answer. Um, um, all right. So if people want to find out more about you, Brad, like with your, with your new business, Brad Bod Fitness, um, where can they find you? You have like Instagram, like a website. Yeah, or something yep. they want to so reach I'm, out? I'm having a website built right now, which I'm actually going to attach to my Instagram through my link. So my Instagram is super simple. And honestly, like, I don't know, maybe one day I'll change the name. Cause I know a lot of people say, don't put your name in your business. It's a stigma. I know. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, when I started my business or when I started the name, I did not even start my business, but when I started, thought of my Instagram handle, my Instagram handle used to just be Brad four one nine one nine eight nine or one <laughs> yeah, my yeah, birthday. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just super simple. Yeah. It was like, you know, whatever. And I and I started, you know, my Instagram is I obviously I'm a personal trainer. I love the gym. I'm always lifting. So all my content just kind of, you know, went to fitness. You know, because I'm always in the gym. I'm not I don't really you know, I, I'm I'm pretty basic man i'm i as we would say you know at the gym bro you know (laughs) typical typical gym bro my girlfriend my my girlfriend goes i'm dating a gym bro you know and i'm like hey you know you are you you are but you know but but everything is good that's right but anyway so i started to notice that my um my content was all fitness related so i was like i think i need a different instagram handle and at that time, it was the whole dad bod. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Dad yeah, bod, yeah. dad bod. You know, yeah. uh, the dad bods are so sexy. Oh, or the dad bods are, uh, you know. So there yeah. were some people on the dad bod, some people that weren't. Yeah. And I was like, all right, dad bod's popular right now. I was like, how can I make a spin on that? And I was like, well, Brad, dad, it kind of rhymes, Brad bod. And I was like, Brad, like Brad bod. And I was like, just let's do Brad bod fitness. I was like, let's keep it simple. Keep it simple. So I did that. And uh I never thought it would be the name of my business. You know, it was just a cool kind of a catchy, it's like, you know how when you're talking to people and you know, nowadays, most people, you don't give them their phone number. They ask for your Instagram, right? It's like, you know, it's kind of like your resume, you know, and it's like, what's your Instagram? And it's like, it's easy. It's Brad Bod Fitness, you know, and it made it easy. It made it kind of funny, relatable. And, and, you know, so that's what it is. Brad Bod Fitness. That's my Instagram. Um, you know, you can find me on there. I have my website on there. I also train out of, uh, Vanguard key clubs. So that's the gym that I train out of. I also take clients, um, at home. So if you have an at home gym and, uh, you need a trainer at home, I, I, I drive, uh, to your house and I bring, I have equipment and foam rollers and bands that I bring. And, uh, also too, I am taking clients online. I'm, I'm slowly, I have, uh, you guys got me into true coach. Yeah. True so coach. I use Amazing. true coach. I have to, one of these days, cause you guys have the videos. I need to spend like, I need to like, I need a keg of this. <laughs> I need to make keg. videos all day. I need a keg of this. I need to just be in the gym from like midnight when nobody's there to like 6am and just shoot all the videos on how to do all the movements. So that way, cause right now I have a client, I have one online client, but I've worked out with her before. So she knows how to squat. She knows how to deadlift. She knows how to bench press. So I don't have to worry about when I program those exercises for her, 
But if I do get an online client, I need to have those videos. Yeah, and I would tell you too, like just from personal experience, like even working, like I love True Coach. We use it all the time. We use it for not only our home exercise programs, but our training programs. And um, when the patients can see you, it makes that much of a difference. And when you can cue them in the video, they love that even more. So it's like, not only are you just doing the exercise, but you're actually talking during the exercise and people are like, man, that video was awesome. Better than the other videos that you were sending me. So it's, 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 it makes it personalized, you know, and that's, that's all part of that, that culture that you're driving at your business that you want people to say, all right, now I know what I'm paying for. Now I get it. You know, this is the experience, the customer service experience that I want. Right. So, um, I think it's great that you're doing that, but yes, it is a lot of, uh, it's a big time suck to have to, uh, have to record all those videos, edit the videos, upload them, you know what I mean? And then put a name on them and then, but then once you get that done, it's it's easy for the rest of your life. It's easy. You know know what I mean? Maybe you make some like tweaks here and there, but um, yeah, once you get it all in there and the database is full, like you're good to go. I love it, man. I think that's great. All of the, uh, the information that you just gave me, I'll, I'll definitely put in the podcast notes. So people, people know how to get a hold of you. And, um, man, I look forward to watching you continue to grow. Yeah. You're getting, I'm you're, uh, Brad bod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm maintaining the Brad bod now. So I've kind of got to a point now where I'm just yeah. maintaining. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, run it's definitely, it. no, but I know, but I know the business. Yeah. yeah run with mean. it, man. Run and, with it. uh, yeah, it's uh, honestly, yeah. I, I never, I'll tell, and kind of what we talked about with the business owners, what would I tell um, a business owner? Like, you know, um, I'll be honest, I never thought I was going to be here. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't, I never thought that this would happen. So sometimes I wake up and I have to, you know, I have to look in the mirror and I have this little thing where positive affirmations, cause we can, we can really get down on ourselves, you know, especially when we're starting something, it's almost like, you know, and I, I always reference sports cause uh, I, I, you know, being a Patriots fan, obviously the Patriots are kind of the dynasty's over, yes, which yes. is, which is unfortunate, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you know, um, but you know, I really looked at that model as, you know, they taught me how to succeed in life, you know, watching the New England Patriots and watching Boston sports, all the comebacks and everything, because, you know, not every season can you win the championship. We wish we could. Not every year in your business are you going to make the most money, you know, and not every day are you going to feel your best, you know, but you have to take those moments where you don't feel your best and try to turn it into a positive moment. So that way you can build and compound on that. And I explain to people, if you talk, and I, I can get into a rabbit hole where I, you know, talk negative about myself sometimes. And I, we all have negative self-talk. But if you think if you're building a wall, every brick you lay, when you say something bad about yourself and you lay that brick, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough money. I'm too short. And everything, you're building a brick wall, right? What do you have to do to get through that wall? You got to take it down. So every brick you lay of negative talk and you're building that negative wall up in front of you when you could just have positive talk and keep moving forward, you know, because I've, I've definitely had to break down a lot of brick walls, like, you know, mentally, you know, but now I try to think about it as, as I'm moving forward now and all that, whatever happened in my past, even though what I talked about today, it propelled me to where I am. Now I live in my present moment and I looked forward to each day because now I am a business, I'm a business owner, but at the same time, I have the power now to change people's lives. Thousand percent. Which is insane, man. It blows my mind. It blows my mind, man. So yeah. Cool feeling. Yep. That's awesome, man. Well, we're definitely gonna have to have you on the podcast later again. Yeah, I'd love to. When you're when you're crushing life. (laughs) Um you're crushing it now, but yeah, I can't wait to see what happens in the future for sure. So I thank you for coming on the podcast, man. It was great. Thank you. I'm super grateful to be here and I definitely would love to be back because uh, you know, I, I just I love this and I love being able to it's crazy to think about now I can 
you know, cause I've, I've only told a few, I, I I'm pretty, I'm pretty clo- closed off. I don't really talk a lot sure. about my, my past and things like that, just because I don't, I don't want to come off as well. I've been through, I've been through worse or, you know, you're no different than me and things like that. I don't want to seem like, you know, my story is different from anybody else's. This is just my story. And it's really cool to be able to, to put it out there now and uh, to have people know a little bit more about me. So that way maybe, you know, they can relate to me I a little it. bit more, or maybe somebody was in a situation that I was when I hurt my shoulder or when I was on my vegan diet or when I, you know, didn't feel the best. And maybe they can be like, wow, if this, if this, uh, five, six guy who's only 165 <laughs> pounds can pull this trap bar off the ground, you know, and, yeah. and, and if he can change his life and change other people's lives, you know, you know, maybe I just got to start tomorrow at the gym you know, and maybe the next day or the next day and, you know, just keep going. So yeah, just keep yep. paying it forward. Exactly. Man. Yeah. I love yep. it, buddy. Yep. Well, good, to, good to rip yeah. with you, man. And, um, yep. We'll uh, look forward to having you on the podcast again in the future. Awesome. Awesome, buddy. Thank you, Chad. Yep. Thank you for joining us in the rack this week. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. You can also find us online at proformptma.com or on social media at proformptma. And remember, if you train inside the rack, you better be thinking outside the rack.